The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Dr. Chris Liat studied medicine at UCT, completed his internship in the UK, returned to South Africa and served a career in medicine, a hugely varied career, including time in casualty units where he would have seen all kinds of terrible injuries and suffering. He's also a keen motocross rider. He saw an opportunity to create protective gear. What was that aha moment, Chris? Uh, evening, Bruce. Um, I was at an event and witnessed uh, somebody that I know uh, fall and break his neck um, and unfortunately uh, failed to resuscitate him. Uh, and uh, that was really the catalyst um, to, to looking at development of a neck protection product uh, for our industry. And that's what, late, late 1990s, early 2000s? Uh, correct. It was in uh, 2002, 2003 is really where it all started. Okay. I mean, at the time you were a medical doctor, you're seeing all kinds of terrible injuries coming in. No doubt some motor, uh, motocross injuries, some motorbike injuries as well. Why was it that moment where you saw that terrible accident and not something that inspired you while you were sitting up to your elbows in somebody else's blood in an emergency room? Sorry for being so graphic, but... Well, I think um, I think a few things led to this uh, sort of aha moment for me. One is is obviously coming from a medical background and uh, uh, you know and being involved in trauma uh, in in many diff- different spheres. Um, and secondly, being an avid motorcyclist, um, I was at an event and uh, my son, who was with me at the time, Matthew, four years old, uh, had just ridden his first motorcycle, <clears throat> and uh, when Alan Selby fell. Um, he, Matthew was with me and I okay. thought to myself, you know, I, before Matthew rides again, I'm going to have to find a solution. And of course I went and looked for a solution and couldn't find one. So I had to develop my own. And I mean, do you have any design experience at all? I mean, you're very good with your hands. Clearly you're very capable. You can solve problems. You bring, you know, you, you save people's lives and under very, very stressful conditions, but designing a, a practical, lightweight, strong, comfortable um, device is a fundamentally different skill. Absolutely. I mean, I had absolutely zero skill uh, in that department and probably, you know, the, all the other um, skills one, one has to have to start a business. So my intention at the time was to take a, a year out of my registrar's post um, in neurosurgery at Tigerberg and, uh, and, and explore um, the, the, the technology that I had uh, sort of developed in my mind um, and, uh, and find an outlet for it and go back to medicine. That was the intention. Um, so I really looked uh, from a sort of academic standpoint, how people break their necks, uh, how they're loaded in breaking their necks, typically in a motorcycle accident, uh, and developed this thesis of an alternative load path where um, I could take some of the force that was transmitted to the neck and displace it, uh, therefore reducing the loading on the neck and reducing the instance of neck injuries. Um, and certainly, <clears throat> I asked a lot of questions of a lot of people in a lot of different spheres um, to kind of gain the insight uh, as to how to develop the product. Um, and it was all these interactions that led me to, you know, sort of get my hands dirty, so to speak, in terms of, uh, of molding and uh, developing the initial prototypes. Um, I roped in family members, my father, my wife, um, all, all had... Uh, um, items modeled around their necks. Um, but of course, m- modeling the device is one thing. Um, you've got to prove that it works. 
So as much time and effort went into uh, developing a test methodology to prove it A, was effective and B, was safe. And again, motocross, I, I would assume, like many sports, is very macho. It's not an industry, it's not a sport that realizes that it wants it. It's not a sport that really realizes that it needs it. You were addressing a need you didn't know whether it existed or not. You wanted it for your son because you'd seen this terrible accident. How long did it take the motorcycle and motocross industry to go, hey, that's a blimmin' good idea, and it's not restrictive. And Because, I mean, people forget how athletic motor, motorbike riding is, and people don't want anything getting in the way of their movement. Um, absolutely, Bruce. I think, um, you know, around the time I was developing the product, unfortunately, there were a host of other injuries in South Africa, so it was mm-hmm. quite a topical issue. Um, and, uh, and I think that led to, you know, people wanting to adopt it uh, early on. Uh, but it wasn't ready until 2007 when I went to the to the USA uh, with um, at least uh, a semblance of, of uh, enough production units to to satisfy uh, the initial demand um, that it really took off. And it took a, an ex motocross rider in the in the US who was paralyzed uh, in the 80s, David Bailey, to um, to call our top riders and say guys, you really should be using this device. Um, and uh, and that was one of the catalysts that really accelerated the growth. Um, quite an alarming time. Uh, we didn't have enough units and, and uh, it became very popular very quickly. Uh, and since then, you've sold a million of these things. Um, I, I'd have to check on the exact number, but it's uh, it's a significant amount. <laughs> um, and you design in Cape Town. And you manufacture in China. Has it always been that way? So, uh, yes, designed in Cape Town. And, all, you know, we're a, we're a head-to-toe brand now, both in motorcycle and mm. bicycle. Um, and the majority of our design work uh, is done in Cape Town, in Durbanville, um, where we have a design team. Uh, obviously, in COVID uh, days, it's looking a bit sparse in the office these days. But uh, the momentum continues uh, uh, unabated and yes the majority of our manufacturing is in china um and, and and has it always been there were you manufacturing at first in south africa elsewhere perhaps and have moved to china for efficiency and cost and production reasons so uh initially in uh, 2005 i started manufacturing low volume units in south africa in cape town uh, and uh, soon realized that starting a new business uh, doing the research and development required, understanding the the, the testing dynamics and uh, having to develop a test protocol and a white paper and the marketing and the sales and the finance and the logistics and all the other things that go into building a business. Um, I really went to look for a reliable uh, manufacturer who could uh, essentially bear the burden of manufacture while I built the business. Um, and initially, therefore, production was in Cape Town. Uh, I, I visited a factory in Taiwan, and we later moved the the, the production to uh, to China, and that was a big leap of faith. Uh, essentially, with increasing demand, we switched off production for for around a year while we set up uh, production in China. But it was definitely the best thing to have done uh, because it allowed us to produce the volumes we required, and also at uh, a consistent quality. So the quality is. It's always been superb. Uh, we've got really fantastic factories we work with and a, and a multi-part uh, quality control system, both uh, 
uh, in-house uh, independent in China and, and, and uh, reviewed in, in South Africa. And then your decision to list in the United States, because I was surprised. I saw listed company and, um, you know, Leah Corpman. I went, it's not listed. And I went through JC. I went, it's not here. And then it suddenly clicked. Hold on a second. Um, is it a NASDAQ listing that you've got? So it's an, it's an OTC listing. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been fortunate enough uh, to have not required are listing to uh, to raise cash after our initial cash raise from friends and family, um, and so you know one of the rationales was to to give uh, our initial investors um, uh, their their returns in a in a U.S. market, um, and you know we're a, we're still a, a quite a flat management uh, structure business where. Um, we are able to move uh, swiftly and, and look at new opportunities in the marketplace, and we ha- really haven't had to uh, to utilize our listing uh, or uh, the cash raising um, uh, ability of of a, of a Nasdaq or or up and listing. So we qualify financially and have for a while for a Nasdaq listing, uh, but we've cho- chosen not to go that route as yet. Well, it's a, it's a cumbersome and burdensome thing. But the decision to go to the U.S. and do that versus South Africa, which we know is fraught with complexity, I'm just curious as to the process you followed rather than um, being a, a South African domicile business listed on the JSE or listed on Alt-X perhaps or, or one of the new exchanges that is available in South Africa. You chose the U.S. route. Um, any particular reason beyond the fact that you wanted to give an opportunity for your family and friends to exercise their rights outside the country? Um, Bruce, I think the, the major uh, rationale for doing a US listing rather than a South Africa uh, or other uh, was that uh, for a motorcycle industry, and uh, as you mentioned, our origins was really uh, motocross uh, and enduro related. Uh, of course, the, the company is a, offers a much wider spectrum of products now, but right in the beginning, uh, California is is the home of motocross, and uh, the product was very well understood and received in the USA. Oh, okay. And so our our rationale was largely to give um, uh, the, the value that the US market uh, would would uh, unlock and understand in what we were doing um, was was a really the driving force. And I think that's been a it was a good decision. Um, and uh, you know it's it's a widely adopted uh, product, and uh, and products now uh, in the USA. And it's amazing. I mean, that's where most of your sales happen. Uh, a tiny proportion happen uh, in South Africa. The logic, the the logic is sound. And uh, but but you still remain a. Are you a South African company? Are you an American company? Are you a Chinese company? What are you? <laughs> um, we're an, we're an American company uh, with uh, a subsidiary in South Africa. Um, and then, generally speaking, we use third-party manufacturers uh, in China and elsewhere in the world. Mm. But it's an exciting time, isn't it? I mean, is, is this a, do, you, do you see this as a business with, with huge growth potential? Have you tapped this market? I mean, cycling certainly, off-road cycling is, is very, very big. And you could talk to people like Joel Stransky who have face-planted off their bicycles and had terrible injuries and have had to have work done to, to know that you know, a bit of safety equipment probably doesn't go amiss sometimes. Um, are we good in South Africa about uh, our, our bike safety? Well, uh, you know, the... I think 
first of all, you know, we, we've just become a head-to-toe brand in both motorcycle, off-road motorcycle and off-road bicycle. So it's very early days for us still. And I think we are just scratching the surface of our market potential. Um, you know, we're offering more products now and, uh, and more offerings within those product categories to the market. Um, so I think it's it's uh, it's still uh, you know quite new for us to be um, to be head to toe so to speak from from uh, you know helmets eyewear all the way down to boots and shoes. Um, in terms of safety, I think there's a there's a recognition amongst uh, the majority of the riding population. Um, you know we we see the champions uh, you know both motocross and for example downhill bicycle. Uh, participating and, uh, and and all the the, the fun fair and show that's related to to those top uh, level riders, but you know the majority of people have to go to work on Monday morning and uh, and want to therefore give themselves the best chance of uh, enjoying their sport <laughs> uh, yeah. and still participating uh, in economic activities on a Monday morning and going home to their families. So uh, I think. Uh, you know, definitely, uh, protection is paramount in the in, a, in the majority of the of our uh, you know customer base, uh, and of course, with the uh, with the onset of COVID, um, it's really just changed the dynamics. So, you know, we uh, we've had a lot of products in development for for a long time, and we were releasing them into the market, uh, but really, COVID caught, caught us also by surprise uh, you know we uh, we planned for a for a downturn and uh, we all went on to on to pay wire short working weeks and worked even harder um and uh, what's happened is the the whole world seems to have uh, sort of hit a reset and are a lot more conscious of uh, of health and outdoor activities and not being able to necessarily go to a gym or be uh, in the thick of the masses, people are, are are running and cycling and and doing a lot of outdoor activities, and and that's sort of fueled the fire for us. And I can see why you'd be interested in California as well, other than being the epicenter, of course, of motocross. Um, just the boots that are being worn by your motocross riders look like they wouldn't be a miss on a uh, on a futuristic movie set. I mean, if they look like space boots, astonishing design. Who are your designers? Where do they come from? What sort of skills do they have? What sort of training do they have to come up with these? astonishing designs i'm very proud of our team you know uh, bruce we've we've developed a, the most amazing team uh, over uh, over the years um all of them are passionate about what they do and all of them um are sort of top uh, level performers uh, in the industry uh, prior to to being involved in liet although we have a lot of staff uh from uh, from our ceo sean mcdonald and our legal officer and our um our engineers who've been with me for um you know, up to 15 years, uh, the, 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 the typical designer comes to us because we're an exciting dynamic uh, company and they come to us with a, with a really good CV. They've, they've successfully launched uh, products uh, around the world in, in various product categories. Um, and they come to us because, you know, we seem to uh, look at the market in a slightly different way. So a motocross boot is, is, is a significant piece of footwear, no doubt. Um, and what we've done is taken what the industry typically does for, for a lot of protect, protection, you know, whether it's a helmet or a boot, but let's talk about a boot for now. Um, and that makes variations on the theme. So we went back to the drawing board and we, we made some significant uh, innovations in terms of uh, a boot. So we used um, uh, we used landmine uh, test rigs to uh, to load the 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 boot uh, in, with a, a surrogate dummy, 
to, to measure what you know, tibial plateau, knee forces and ankle forces were actually at play and developed a boot that actually transmits a lot less force than other boots. So, um, yeah, it's a significant piece of kit, but there's a lot of smart tech inside. And that's really what we try and do is we, we, uh, we, we, we don't accept the status quo. We challenge the status quo often. We, we, if we want to enter a product category, we, we go back to the drawing board and say, how would we do this product if we were doing it for the first time? Um, and that's uh, that's really what works. It's marvelous, Chris. It really is marvelous. I mean, I, I just I see product extensions as well. American football is another. I mean, you focus very much on protecting people on wheels, uh, but one would imagine that a next leap as you grow and as you evolve would be into sports that require protective equipment. And if you are in the United States, American football is a logical extension, or is there just too much competition there? What's that dynamic? No, I think um, you know. I think what we've developed uh, over a period of time is is really a, a way of approaching uh, product development and a methodology. Uh, you know, our tagline is the science of the thrill, and we we really look at the science behind uh, protective apparel um, and, and do a lot of research and, and develop white papers and uh, and send it out for peer review and for industry review, uh, and then publish our results. So our technology and the way in which we address product development, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll find, uh, find homes wider than, than where we were currently um, at. You know, when we started this uh, company, it was neck braces only. Uh, that, that was the sum total of our products. It was 100% of our products. And now neck brace sales are down to probably 50, the order of 15% of our sales. Um, and uh, we develop more and more products. And, uh, and as I've mentioned previously, head to toe in two different industries. But that technology can be uh, imparted to other uh, industries and um, without uh, letting, letting too many uh, cats out of the bag, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that um, we, we have ongoing product development efforts uh, and, a, and a really big blue sky uh, development uh, process within Liet. And there's always a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Fantastic. Chris, thanks so much for the chat. Dr. Chris Liat, founder, chairman of the board, head of research and development at Liat Corporation, doctor to designer of globally relevant protective gear. Lovely story. Thanks for sharing.